0: you're listening to leveling up where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business it's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host eric Sue. okay everyone today we have andrew fisher who is the co-founder and ceo of choosel which is a digital advertising software platform that leverages detailed consumer data to power programmatic advertising campaigns across display video, mobile, and other mediums, all from a single intuitive interface. And they have raised, correct me if I'm wrong, founded in 2012 and raised $14.1 mm-hmm. million. Is that correct? Yep. Cool. So Andrew, welcome to the show. First and foremost, how is it going?
1: It's going well. Thanks for having me, Eric. Excited to join in this unique environment. I appreciate yeah. all the touch points I can get. So thanks for having me. <laughs> By the way, me too. So <laughs> Can you tell us a little
0: more about what that means? Because I just gave a mouthful to people. So what do you guys do exactly? How do you guys make money?
1: Yeah, so we're a digital advertising software, so broadly in that kind of marketing and ad tech sphere, and where we really focus is in the market on the mid-market side. We're not enterprise, we're not purely small business, and we've built a platform that we deploy to both advertising agencies and then brands directly, and they'll log into our system to import data, kind of understanding their customers, and then the core piece of the platform in terms of utility is to run digital advertising campaigns on the open internet. So think digital advertising, but everything except Google search and Facebook social marketing, So things like banner advertising, video advertising across mobile, tablet, desktop, connected TVs, one of our fastest growing products. So anything on the digital side. So we're an independent player and we really focus on the mid-market. We make money, you know, by deploying the software. We do have a small license fee, but like most ad tech companies, uh, the, the majority of our net revenues can be earned through usage. So as people set up and run and deploy campaigns, we make a, a margin on the media as it runs through our system. Got
0: it. Okay. And when you say connected TVs, I'm assuming these are like the Rokus of the world.
1: Absolutely. Roku, Fire, even down to the app level, of course. You know, we, we've got a partnership with Xander, which is AT&T. So pretty much everything that's out there now, we we have access to. YouTube's probably the, the only major connected TV channel that they, you know Google just sells exclusively. So absolutely.
0: So what if people come to you, they're like, Andrew, you know, it's, it's all about Facebook. It's all about Google. It's all about Amazon, maybe Pinterest as well. Why should we even go to you?
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's a great question. And if you look at usage of the two things you mentioned primarily Google and Facebook, or even if you put a broader, you know, search and social, that's only about 40% of the time people spend online. And so the other 60% is really on that open internet. And so think about any website you might be on, again, connected TV, audio and podcasting is growing very quickly for us as well. And so sure, you can focus on Facebook and Google and they make it very easy, right? It's kind of like the old adage, you know, back in the day, you're not going to get fired for hiring IBM, You know, it's kind of the same thing with Google and Facebook. And you absolutely should check those boxes. And when we pitch clients or collaborate with them, we don't say turn those off. We say we're going to collaborate with them. And often we play typically a little bit higher in the funnel, mid funnel. So think, you know, when you're online, you may see a a video ad, eventually a banner, you may see a connected TV. You're engaging with that brand of multiple touch points that we power and we can sequence and track and provide attribution as well. But ultimately, you may go to Google and search at the end of it because now you know what you want. And so, we're part of that funnel. And again, so if you're, if you're not advertising on the open internet, you're missing at least half of the engagement opportunity with the average consumer.
0: Okay. And you said you guys target primarily, it's, it's mid-market plus, right? Mm-hmm. It's not not enterprise and it's not small business. So, what's a good business
1: size for you to, to work with? Yeah, when we kicked off the platform, gosh, it'll be six years ago. Well, it was six years ago in March we really focused on independent agencies and so and as you may know most agencies roll up into the big ad holding groups so that would be wpp and omnicom but there's a yep. huge ecosystem of independent agencies that also typically work with smaller medium-sized brands that's where our core focus started and that's who we work with these agencies often can't work with an Oracle data cloud directly, right? Or yep. something like a live ramp for onboarding and sequencing data. So we built integrations into multiple enterprise systems. And so we can bring that complete package to the mid-market. So they don't have to manage those relationships, let alone pay for them, et cetera. And so mid-market is really independent agencies. And then as we work client direct, we will work with small businesses and you know, we have a very you know low touch model that will help them scale. And as they scale with us, obviously we'll provide more training, support, so basically, you know, anything from a small business up to a medium-sized business, anything under enterprise is where we'll continue to focus. Got it.
0: That's perfect. And what numbers can you share around the business growth rates, employees, revenues, whatever you're willing to share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you I know, can't share absolute revenue numbers at this point, but we've been pretty steady on employees, and you know, we we had a kind of an evolution uh, about two years ago. You know, the first. Four years was raising money, hyper growth, hyper growth, you know, after finding product market fit. About two years ago, we say, you know, we've got a business, but let's pivot to profitability. And that's really where we've been focused the last two years. So our headcounts remain relatively steady over the last two years, around the mid 50s, as we continue to really optimize the team and the the basic proportion of makeup across technology sales has remained pretty even. Majority folks based here in Denver, Colorado. And then as we've evolved, the growth rate over the last two years has been between 30 and 40%. And we were projecting that for this year. Obviously, like most companies, we've had you know, a little bit of a, a reset due to the pandemic. That said, in May, we're very much back in growth mode. So we'll, we're almost certainly going to hit growth this year. But obviously, everyone has a lot of uncertainty. And we're a profitable business as well. So that's the goal is to to maximize growth and profitability as we continue to grow in our sector.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because a lot of these when I talk to agency owners, the the one thing they say, the the experienced ones that have been through a lot of these corrections or downturns, so they basically say, look, marketing or agency type businesses are a lagging business, meaning, you know, this stuff hits and it might take two to three months to really get affected. Because you guys have all the data. Are you seeing that happen? Is it a lagging thing or is it just happening immediately?
1: It's more the latter, right? And programmatic for you and perhaps the audience, that's really the automation piece of digital advertising. And so the idea that, you know, our client can sign up and be running a campaign that day using rich data, very specific targeting tactics across multiple channels, they can start to see results today, right? And optimize, et cetera. The converse of that is they can turn it off immediately as well. And so we saw that, I think it was around March 6th or March 7th, we saw a a downturn overnight. And that was when it kind of set in that, yeah, this pandemic is definitely in the U.S. and it's going to affect North American advertising, which is the bulk where we focus. So we're very much on that tip of the spear and we're on the rebound as well. And so we're right on the forefront of the rebound. We saw things in March decline, April stabilize, May is growth. And so we're, we're right at the forefront and we're super diversified. We've got about Five hundred clients, you know, a lot of those are agencies. They have multiple clients, so upwards of about two thousand total advertisers, running upwards of five thousand campaigns per month. And so we're we're a good kind of leading indicator of what's going on with marketing and advertising and perhaps, you know, economically as a whole as well.
0: Got it. And it, just to go back real quick, if I'm a small business, I'm looking to get started with you. How much am I people are probably wondering, how much am I gonna be paying if I'm just getting started with LiveRamp? Not yeah, LiveRamp, so
1: <laughs> That's all right. You know, LiveRamp's one of our partners that we integrate with. So we start with a $99 license fee and then it's really based on usage, as I mentioned. And so if you sign up and run a thousand dollar campaign, you know, we have a portion of that media as you run it through the system. So we have clients that start out with a few hundred dollars. We have clients that start out with a hundred thousand dollars a month. So it just really depends. And we're going to find the right fit for our clients. And that's where we, we onboard all of our clients, whether they're big or small, we run through a customer onboarding call and that's the focus. What are you looking to do? What What is your business goal? How can we help you? Okay. If you have a few hundred dollars, connected TV may not be right for you, right? You have to a certain amount of budget to hit the right scale targeting for that. So it's super flexible. And again, we'll meet the needs of our partners as they need it.
0: Got it. Okay. And are you guys percentage-wise, I'm assuming it's probably around 5%, 10%? In terms of? In terms of, so you guys take a percentage of the media spend, right? Oh, the take rate? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it can't disclose that,
0: but yeah, you, you can okay. assume we're in line with industry standards. Got it. Okay. Great. And so for you right now, You we talked earlier before we started, before we went live, you talked about next step strategy and culture and how this has all affected you. So what changes, what big changes have you made to really just propel you guys forward or set you guys up for the future?
1: The one thing we're really looking at is, you know, like most companies, we've been really focused on one thing and most startups have to do that. It was programmatic advertising, programmatic advertising, programmatic advertising. We've always had clients asking us, what else can you do, right? Things like search, social SEO. So we're not announcing anything yet, but we are looking to add more services to our you know, our cadre of options for our clients. Because in the mid-market, part of the our marketing teams that we work with at the Brand Direct might be one or two or three people. And so they, they can't have multiple touch points. So what else can we provide to them? So that's something that we're absolutely accelerating. We're actually accelerating a couple of our integration partners as well. And so it's really about providing more to our clients now. And we think there's going to be, you know, continue to be a healthy consolidation in our space, which has been happening in ad tech for a while. We think that will accelerate, right? And so what we've been focused on is, you know, of course, we're always looking for new customer acquisition. And we often add, you know, typically about 50 new clients per month, but what else can we provide to them? And what we saw, you know, in this downturn in March and April that stabilized, we weren't losing clients. Obviously they were spending less or net revenue went down and that's really rebounding. And so if we can continue to have that great relationship with them, provide them our core services around programmatic, then layer that with other solutions, we think we'll be in good shape as things continue to kind of emerge through this pandemic.
0: Yeah. I'm seeing on your site right now, I'm seeing something, your your content marketing centering around podcast advertising. So it seems like that's Mm -hmm. part of the expansion, right?
1: Yeah. You know, anything programmatic, right. And historically programmatic was often conflated with just real time bidding, which again, people just thought, you know, I guess, the longer tail of the internet, you know, bidding across multiple, you know, millions of sites. And what programmatic really is, is automation. And so the idea that, yeah, through Chuzzle you can buy on just three high quality websites, you can buy in a podcast, you can do it on a fixed rate and have guaranteed programmatic. Or yeah, you can go a little bit broader and say, you know what, I want to hit every sports site in the world and I'm going to aim for a lower rate and get broader reach. And so it's really cool. The The evolution of programmatic you know, has really tracked my career for the last 20 years as well. And it's, it's really about having less people do more things with advertising, right? And you know, the last, no, well, not necessarily the last frontier though, there's always gonna be mediums that evolve, but you're seeing that in television and it's been accelerated, talking about what was during the pandemic connected TV has both grown exponentially because people are at home, they're cutting the cord at even faster rates as the research is showing. They're spending more time watching everything from Netflix to you know, HBO Max, some of the newer services. Peacock will be launching from NBC. And so it's really interesting to see the evolution of the true linear television, which still is the biggest part of the marketing pie. It's really been changing literally you know, over the past weeks and months. So it's pretty exciting for our space. Great. That's Awesome.
0: I'm just wondering, so right now we're seeing a rebound. We don't know how things are going to be. People like, I think it's still what last week was 2.4 million people that filed for unemployment. So people aren't buying right now. So confidence hasn't been restored quite yet. What if things don't go back to normal? And then I guess what, what is the plan for you guys? I'm sure you you have something in place.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I kind of talked about, we've been pretty lean for a while. And so I think we had an advantage to perhaps a lot of companies, you know, in similar size and scale, we're still really ramping up and, you know, probably unprofitable with higher headcount. So we've remained really lean. We've been able to retain full headcount and we aim to continue to do that, you know, through this pandemic. So I'm very optimistic about, you know, the rest of this year. And, you know, I think we're, again, starting to see some of that growth. That being said, there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty with the pandemic itself. Will there be a second wave? How will that affect consumer confidence? So we've seen a real uptick, as I mentioned, especially over the last four weeks on the willingness to marketing and advertise, because a lot of businesses can still do business as we know. Obviously, if you're looking at travel and restaurants, a lot of those have been put on hold or they pivoted their messaging to say, hey, you know, we will be open again. Let's stay top of mind. We've had some great campaigns in that regard. So we're going to stay lean and really continue to ride this, right? And as we continue to see growth, we're going to grow. And if it stays flat or down, we're going to be prepared for that as well. So it's all about Adaptability, right? People often can think evolution and think that it's all about the fastest and the strongest. It's not. It's those who are the most adaptable that survive. And that's the, the mantra we've been working under. Got it. Okay.
0: I mean, you guys help people grow. I guess I'm wondering for yourselves what's working really well for you in terms of customer acquisition?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously we use our own system, right? So we eat our own dog food, so to speak. We've been really focused on things like content, as you saw on our website. We've been really pumping up our our engagement. We just launched our first podcast this week as well, and a lot of it's really around providing great content to our partners and getting it out there in general. And content is often a great acquisition strategy, but as we talk about it too, it's just a it's just a great touch point. It, it helps to build our brand. So if people are looking for things, you know, I, I think. Organically now, if you search for you know audio based advertising, we rank really high organically, right? We've done a good job of building a brand, building content around that. So that's you know really core to our strategy on the acquisition side. So we have a really strong inbound channel that's based on content, based on marketing, based on of course search as well. And then on the outbound side, you know, we we spend a lot of time with our field team honing our market, really understanding who our core customers are, and focusing on that side as well. So it's a pretty good blend for us, both inbound and outbound.
0: And so, rapid fire questions for you now. This one's going to come sure. out of left field. So, if I gave you ten million dollars right now, I put a box in front of you, and I said, Andrew, you have to invest all the money into one startup right now. That's not yours. Where
1: would you put the money, and why? Oh man, I probably want to build my own startup. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think I, I look at companies that are doing a really good job and in moving kind of to the single screen. You know, I use Datadog as an example. I think they went public last fall and they're, they're really bringing enterprise level understanding across the entire tech stack to a single screen. I think companies that do that are, are really where it's at. And if you think financial services, people want to log in and see everything on one screen. And so I'll try to think of other examples, but you know, that's what we're aspiring to do on Choosal. And again, if I were to start from scratch today, that's the whole idea is, you know, can I provide a CMO one screen to understand everything that's going on? And there's parts of it across the ecosystem, but it's still very fragmented. But that's where I would look to invest.
0: Love it. All right. And what is your favorite business book?
1: I'll give you two that I really like. The first one is more of a practical business book. It's The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, and I just love that book. I, I bought a second one, the Culture book. I haven't gotten into yet, but it's just a great look at the unsexy side of building a startup and scaling it, and getting to whatever you know. I think there's often, a, from the outside, not understanding the struggles that go into it, the hard decisions have to be made, and I think he does a really nice job in that book with great real world stories from his time and building startups. So love that book. And another one that's a little bit more of a light fun read, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And being a kid who grew up in the 80s and 90s, it was really cool to go back and understand the the business behind that as they built that empire, especially with the last dance with Michael Jordan, Over the last several weeks, kind of seeing that his rise with Nike as well. So those are two that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, hard thing about hard things is the most recommended in the last seven years of this podcast. And um, no kidding. Yeah, last dance was fantastic. Everyone's gonna
1: check that out. Yeah. All right, so absolutely. we'll drop those
0: in the show notes. What is your favorite business tool that's
1: not called Chisel? You know, I'm old school, and I, I'm always kind of finding certain kind of note applications to kind of organize my thoughts. I think like a lot of people that try to build things, your your, your mind's often scattered. You think of things, you know, you least ready for it. So I used to use Evernote quite a bit and I realized I just needed simplicity. So I've just been using Apple Notes a lot more lately. And just, to me, it almost replicates the old school of just writing things down on a notepad. I can access it on my phone. I can do things on my watch. And so I've been, I've kind of come back to the basics and really focus using Apple Notes to organize my thoughts, organize, you know, the things I want to connect with on one-on-ones with my team, et cetera. That's
0: so weird because I was Cause I have been doing the same thing that for the last couple of months, I am just like Evernote, I've been using it forever, but I'm just like, Apple is just easier. It's simpler. So yeah, um, it's I think easy to access. Yeah. Get, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes total
0: sense. All right. So Andrew, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online?
1: My Twitter handle is Andrew Fisher underscore 11 Fisher spelled F I S C H E R. Obviously you can find us through the choose website. You know, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out through there. I guess that's about it. I don't really have anything else to pimp out. So.
0: That's perfect. Andrew, thanks so much for doing this. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Eric. Have a great day, buddy. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.